G'day, welcome to episode 19 of So Rare Grind. Jack, it's a nice day here in Wellington. I'm feeling good about the game week ahead. How about you? Yeah, I'm somewhat excited. I've uh, added a few rares to the gallery, so I've got a bit of selection. So, yeah, somewhat excited. Nice. Well, as always, joined by Jack Hammond 444. My manager name is Afrikiwi. If not, you're not yet started on Surreal. Go to our Twitter bio, that's at Grind. click on the link to get started. Uh, once you buy five cards, you get a free one. Um, and then the, I'll put the link also in the uh, description, the bio for this, <coughs> this uh, podcast, um, which should be visible wherever you're accessing it. But um, yeah, Jack, the, um, on the news front, we have some new 2022-2023 uh, Austrian Bundesliga cards out. Are you are you picking any up? No, probably not for the moment. Because traditionally, when the new cards come out, the prices are just like ridiculous and uh, not worth it. Generally, they're like fifteen percent or more expensive compared to like the old or previous cards. So I just don't really think it's worth it when first. When when they traditionally first come out, that was the circumstance with like Asia and um, you know the Americas cards that came out. So I don't know. I don't think they really appeal to me that much. So no, I haven't picked them yet. Have Have you, Joel? Not any of the new cards, but I suspect it'll you know, provide some opportunities to pick up the old ones. Um, that was what we found with Asia, especially if you're using them for specialist or underdog. It doesn't really matter the XP side of things anyway. Um, I noticed that they have renewed Alborg from the Danish League and they've picked up um, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Midtjylland but I always just think it was like Midgetland <laughs> you spot the the J around with the T then it kind of reads like Midgetland um, good old Winston Reed New Zealand icon played there don't you remember that Jack? no oh actually maybe when he was like really young when he was uh, when he was an infant in his career yeah exactly it was uh, pre-West Ham okay that he played there yeah, yeah, that's pretty much the only reason I know of that club. But uh, nice to have another Danish team. Hopefully they'll maybe get the whole league and some of the other Scandinavian leagues would be cool as well. Um, we also have the new Sorry calendar out. Have you had a gander at that yet, Jack? No, but while you discuss it, I'm going to have a look at it. I haven't actually <laughs> seen it. I'm actually pretty excited about it. Yeah, so the... Well, they, they say they're trying out some new competitions. They're not really new. It's like they're, they're doing underdog unique and specialist unique. So unless you're a whale, like an absolute whale, you probably don't care about it too much. Um, but they're going to give away unique cards as rewards. So it's really going to benefit the, the fat cats at the at the um, monopolistic end, the, uh, the parvels of the world. Um so I don't think you'll probably catch Jack or I in that competition. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but it's probably going to take a while. Um, the increasing rewards in uh, Underdog, um, which will be nice, I think, for Rare, Underdog Rare and Specialist Rare, um, which is good for us, Jack. Um, but the... Uh, particularly interesting thing is this, and I, th- I knew they'd do something for Game Week 300 because I remember they did something for Game Week 200, um, <clears throat> is that they 
doing this special ju- assigned jersey competition, which is just kind of neat. So it's um, only limited cards. It's already a tick for us, Jack. Um, average score below 15, last 15, so basically like underdog. Um, but over 30 players, over 30s players, um, those born before July 1st, 1993. So um, you're going to get some 29-year-olds in there if my math makes sense, if my math works out. So um, that kind of seems a bit, bit odd to me. Yeah, maybe somewhat. Yeah, maybe they should have done 1st of July, 92. But then I guess some 30-year-olds wouldn't <laughs> make it in as well. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, no, actually, no, it should be only th- those over 30 by, by using that date. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really narrow it down that much, in my view. Like, an L1550 L- already doesn't actually narrow it down that much. I plan to talk about that in, the, in a moment, but um, in relation to the normal underdog. But, the yeah, I mean, over 30, there's still a lot of good over, over 30 players i think it'd be nice if it was more like over 32 or even over 34 would be kind of cool especially useful in asia where you get all of those golden oldies playing you know <laughs> got, a, got quite a few golden oldies across limited and rare as well actually but um yeah signed jerseys from Bayern munich Atletico madrid celtic psv um i noticed there's no man city or liverpool in there it's a bit of a shame but um yeah, I'd take a Bayern Munich signed jersey. It'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. Auction it off for a unique card or something. <laughs> what would you do if you want a, want a signed Bayern jersey? Would you keep Mate, it or would you try to sell it? That's a good question. I just genuinely never thought about it, to be honest. Uh, I think it kind of depends what I could sell it for, really. That'd probably be the first thing I'd, I'd consider. i probably need to know that. So what would be the minimum like that you'd take for it well like I, I suppose it also depends like who's signing it and um okay so that's the whole the, like the whole team whole team the entire team entire first team squad uh, you know i don't know what i would really do with i feel like i'd be hoarding it like somebody would just appreciate it more than me i'd say let's go a thousand nzd minimum absolute minimum but if i i could if i knew that i could sell it for more i definitely would i don't know if that's like too not enough or is that way over the top so that's like how much does that need that's like um point so like point three nah a bit more oh actually no because we're talking nzd yeah probably like three thousand bips yeah something like that probably point three point three five i'm sure there's people out there pay that um i know the sorry data guys were talking about signed jerseys on one of the previous podcasts and what they paid and for like uh, a signed signed match worn jersey it was something like uh, in the sort of low hundreds, like a few hundred. Um, and this that wasn't for like top players though. That was like you know, players in sort of like some of the Challenger Europe type leagues. So mm. um, yeah, I feel like quite realistically you could get that possibly more, I would suspect, if it's like the whole team that signed it. But I mean, you know, Bayern Munich has Sadio Mane signature. It'd be, I'd be pretty, uh, <laughs> I'd be pretty tempted to hold that, mate. All right, bro. All right, bro. We get it. You know how I play like Mane and all, you know. Just real similar physique. Real similar style. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving on. Um, J- 
Jack, uh, game weeks two, nine, four, and two, nine, five. How how did you get on? Uh, I don't think I was that successful, to be honest, Joel. I got a tier three reward from Americas. Um, Me too. Actually. I, other than that, there's nothing really to speak of. I was pretty uh, distraught. Uh, in 295 for my Asia team because I thought there was a pretty high likelihood I could have finished on the podium to be honest but um, I, I was in about 8th position uh, at one point with about 15 minutes to go in the final game for Asia there was only 2 games going on it was uh, Daegu versus Gangwon and John Bark versus Suwon and yeah I had Kim Jin Hyuk John Taewook and Oh Seung Hoon like, so massive defensive stack for Daegu and it was 0-0 in the Gangwon game and yeah, they conceded an aerolytical from Oh Sung Hoon with like five minutes to go. So that completely ruined my team. So I didn't even get end up getting a reward, let alone finishing on the podium. <laughs> so, but if I had was able to get maybe a decisive somehow or some way through John Tae Wook or Kim Jin Hyuk in like the last fifteen, I could have maybe um, yeah finished on the podium. But yeah, unfortunately, Oh Sung Hoon he, he messed up big time. Messed up big time. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was trying to do the maths on it because I'm not sure if you would have made podium, but I think you would have gotten, you would have got at least a tier two, probably a tier one, because Oseung Hoon went from like a 60 plus, you know, score with the decisive of clean sheet to, to 13. Um, and he would have had a save for that terrible attempt at a save. Um, and that would have been what, like two points or something? And then Kim Jin Hyuk and Jong Tae Wook both lose clean sheet and they get a goal conceded which is until the game week 300 minus 2 so that's like minus 24 minus 47 at least mm, and then uh, all the experience points because like yeah, all of my points. players like John T. Wook for example he was my captain too and um, Kim Jin Hyuk had like an XP of like 6 I think and then Oh Seung Hoon and John Tae Wook have like XP of 9% for me now because I've been holding them for ages so yeah I was pretty gutted eh? pretty gutted and John Tae Wook also missed that like he, he missed two hitters actually he probably should have scored two goals so that was even <laughs> more frustrating <laughs> yeah, I think but, you know that's what it I is th- I think just that goal considered alone was the difference between a tier 1 and nothing yeah pretty sure. like, I probably. think you just scraped a tier 1 and then like really tight because you're about 80 points off well, so I was in eighth, I think, like in the top ten before the goal um, was conceded, and then I was looking at the like rankings prior to the goal, and I was like kind of seeing, you know, who had Jonte Wook, who had other alternative players. So like, yeah, it just kind of required like an additional decisive somewhere from one of the three, but it just didn't happen. And obviously, the goal conceded was going to mean like <laughs> it wasn't going to be good, but you know, that's what it is. I, I, it was pretty fun like knowing that I had an opportunity to get my first podium, but you know, that's just. That's just so rare. Got to get everything right to be in the hunt for like a podium finish. Yeah, I didn't really realize the the value of actually focusing to Asia. I instead focused to All Star, limited All Star, and that was a mistake because yeah, I definitely could have like you know I I had had the the players. makings yeah I had the players you know the making I mean the the forwards were a bit of a letdown from Asia, but that was a letdown for everyone. Um, I mean Park Bae Jong actually ended up scoring really well. And goal for Suwon, who was one of the best keepers of the week, the fifty nine point four to put the spike conceding one. Um, you know, if I'd, I'd throw them all in Asia using Lee Yong, that would have been some oh, some quick maths. Pretty oh, actually, no, I would have had, yeah using Lee Yong, I would have still scored like two thirty 
which would have been probably like a tier two, tier three, to be honest. From yeah, uh, looking at the scores, yeah, about tier two, um, and instead, you know, walk away with nothing. Um, I think, I think, uh, looking back, I probably should have uh, mentioned to you that you know Asia was like a really big opportunity, but also the problem with Asia is like the most expensive player in Asia right now is a senior, and I think he's like two hundred dollars. Like it's it's pretty ridiculous. His price might have gone up a little bit. I've seen the under twenty three keepers in Asia have gone up a little bit before the deadline because I've been kind of uh, keeping my eye on them, just their prices because I'm somewhat interested. But uh, yeah, like the price in Asia is so cheap. So even getting a tier one could mean that you're getting like a Kim Young Kwang, who is literally probably like twenty five dollars, if that, probably even cheaper. And likewise, like if you get like a mid to mid tier one, that's probably only going to be fifty dollars. So even if you finish in the top ten. You know, you had a pretty high likelihood of only getting a reward like that was worth $50 maybe. So um, I suppose you had a much higher chance of doing really well because like literally to finish on the podium, I think you didn't even need 300 points this game week, which is pretty ridiculous. But um, yeah, I guess the rewards weren't like nearly as glamorous as they traditionally are. But as yeah, well as- I mean, I mean, um, finishing in the rewards like the, in the podium is still really good because you because of the eighth you won as a result of it but um yeah um yeah and with my game week well the only other thing really to talk about it is i got absolutely screwed out of the the higher threshold um i got opted they downgraded um uh what's his name Matsumaru's fantastic score and so i scored 246.62 without a goalkeeper um I mean, Zhang Jiayong, fantastic again. I mean, this guy is an absolute machine. Plays every game. Superb scores. Um, he's basically a mainstay. But yeah, um, if Kim Seung Day had started, then you know would have got there. Um, but yeah, I didn't really have much other option of of players. Like I, um, I could have actually thrown Nakagawa. In there instead, and probably should have, because that would have gotten me um, to the uh, the threshold, but the, the higher threshold. But I, I really um, gave underdog rear a go um, this last game week, um, and, and was confident that Nakagawa. Oh, that's right. Actually, I wasn't sure whether Nakagawa was going to play because he hadn't even been on the bench midweek for Yokohama in the cup, and so I thought, oh, you know, if he gets if he is a DMP. And you know, potentially ruins any chance of any reward on that lineup. But in the end, I should have used them anyway. This is what it is. Lower threshold's better than nothing, with especially with no keeper, because um, the stupid Avispa Gamba game got called off, so can stick old Higashiguchi in. Mm, anyway, I've I've noticed as well, Joel. Like with rare underdog, it is really challenging to win a reward in rare underdog. Eh? I think they should definitely increase the prize pool because now I'm at the stage where I have actually quite a few disposable rare players and I want to submit like maybe potentially two rare teams mm. um I don't have a starting rare goalkeeper yet but you know I've got a pretty competitive threshold and like I've got two forwards in uh Palacios and Lee Chung Yong who mm. does sometimes play for uh Osan. I picked up one of his four cards although he's traditionally a midfielder because it was an opportunity to pick up like a really cheap uh one of his forward cards anyway so i'm like you know i want to submit an underdog team but like the likelihood of winning a reward is so low because i'm looking at your um so5 results in uh 294 mm-hmm. so this yep. is last week and um yeah like you got 213 points whereas 
in order for you to get a tier two rare uh or just like the i don't know last position to mm. earn a reward you needed like 300 points for rare underdog with four players i mean that yeah. is a lot of points that's really challenging to get a reward there it is i think it's because they get a lot of entries because if you're people like us <laughs> yeah it's people like us basically same position you know you, you, you're focusing towards um global star rare and oh you get a few extra players because you built up you know a bit of um a bit of a squad of rare players maybe you know 12 15 players um and so you know oh, you got some spare to throw an underdog give it a shot and yeah unfortunately it just made it makes it really tough but it's interesting i'll be interested to see how much they increase the rear underdog rewards by going forward i want to see actually what they're looking like for the next like calendar and uh, stuff i'll go through that actually while uh, yeah we'll just, which i've just looked at now game week 298 is 150 in rear which i think is it's an increase i think yeah i think that's a good increase which is required i think like because 300 points for four players and rare underdog just seems like wow that seems really really challenging to yeah. to get the minimum reward possible like i feel like you know in a week in game week you know you should probably only require 270 points maybe i think that's fair for like a tier two rare like if you're got such a small selection and you know i don't know i, I feel like it requires quite a lot of skill 270 points is like probably yeah. what i would i would think is like reasonable I don't think it's going to drop the score required that much. Um, looking at, I'm just loading up last uh, to game at two nine four, the leaderboard. So 150th scored 280. Okay. So yeah, 280 or better basically um, is what it will require. Um, yeah, I, I want to. I'll come back to the underdog side of things, Jack. So I've, I've I've got a bit of a data time plan for this week i've been looking at the numbers quite a bit but um i just want to talk about the the so rare world league um that i joined you were too slow haha um and uh we are in uh div i believe it's div five there's 15 15 divs um let me bring it up here yeah div five um for some reason i can't actually see as we are recording what the actual result was because it i think it only updates once the um round has closed off um and i can't so i can't actually yeah i can't actually see what score i got but when i looked i'm pretty sure that we narrowly won our first game against sharpo <laughs> um it's pretty funny because he was ahead and I had one player to play who was my captain who was um, Lucas Biglia had the, the 37 and then of course I didn't really check that you know they'd played that midweek game as the Champions League qualifier uh, as a Champions League qualifier Europa League qualifier and um, he'd played the whole game and so of course because he's you know they're trying to preserve him a bit because he's 37 um, he started on the bench and uh, but he he fortunately i only needed like a score of something like 16 from him um in order to to beat sharpo pending any like changes in player scores so i haven't seen a confirmed update but i'm pretty sure that we won the first game week where both of us scored the lowest in the league (laughs) um so pretty pretty fortunate and uh in the 
clash of the heavyweights between Doge Sports and GBO21. Um, Doge Sports had Mbappe captain, and um, he his first his his forward sub was um, you know Jota from uh, Celtic. Yeah, and um, so he was he was asking you know does the sub get the captaincy? But apparently he doesn't. And if if Jota had gotten the captaincy because he scored a hundred. Um, that would have given him him the win by I think like eight points. So because it's not, he's lost the first game to to GBO in the battle of the the favourites. Um, so Jack, I will absolutely claim this. I'm pretty sure, fingers fingers crossed, it is indeed. But pretty sure that uh, Afrikiwi is ahead of Dodge Sports, the the one of the whales in our div on the table, <laughs> as things stand. Um. So anyway, uh, it'll be another interesting game. We're up against Breezy. I can't remember how he did in the first. I think he won his first game. But apart from Doge Sports and GB, I don't think anyone got particularly like enormous scores. Um, they both hit like up around the 800 mark. I scored, I think, around the 600 mark. Um, if I had a better captain, that would have made a huge difference. But... Uh, Everyone else, I think, scored in the sort of six hundred. So I'm feeling all right. There's, there's some pretty, there's some pretty huge uh, cards in some of those galleries, but I'm feeling all right about it. Um, um, now on the actually on the Surrey Data Leagues, Jack, have you like because we're now in the new the new season, um, but oh, actually, that's interesting. I hadn't realized this. So, like, did, did you notice that you actually have to play six games to be placed? No, I didn't know. And I think... Because I've just oh, gone no, I can into it. I, I, I assumed that after the, after the six that you would get placed, but it looks like I haven't. Um, and... I think, yeah, you have to play a full six games. Anyway, I've noticed a lot of people don't seem to really like understand how the leagues work um, and just like some of the great rewards that are on offer, um, particularly like the limited league, which hasn't actually been operating that long. Um, so if you, on Surrey Data, play, uh, you know, it's under gaming area, um, and if you click on limited only under the leagues, it will pop up with all of the um, games. So yeah, I've played four games, um, two to go, um, and then we see where we get placed. Now, the the way the placement works is, and actually probably it's better to take a step back further and explain what the ELO is. So like your ELO score up the top, you start with an ELO of 1300, everyone does. A win is roughly plus 40 and a loss is roughly minus 40, depending. Like you'll see variation of like plus or minus two to three points. Over time it might vary more, but that's kind of where it is at the moment. In every game week you play someone that is basically right next to you in ELO, on the same ELO or like within five, depending on how high, like if you're at the very top, like if you're the best player 
in the Surrey leagues, obviously, you, you know, you're basically going to play whoever's second best. But, um, yeah, your ELO determines like, who you play against. After the six games, based on where your ELO is sitting, you go into the different leagues, which enables you to compete for rewards. Um, and in order to re- have a realistic chance of winning a reward, you probably have to play all six games. So, like me only getting four of six, game, six games in, I'm probably going to have no chance of like winning a reward out of season five, but season six I should have a chance. Anyway, so you see the different leagues there with the different colours. You've got like the bronze, silver, gold, and then, I don't know, like colour, colourful one, and then that sort of like black and pink looking one. Um, the, uh, the bottom league, which is known as beginner, is for people that have uh, an ELO up to uh, 1,099. Um, so you're starting on, on 1,300, you'd have to drop below 1,099 in order to qualify for that league. Um, now, it can be advantageous to tank your ELO intentionally because the way the leaderboard rankings work is, so whichever division you go into... Um, whether it's during the season or start of the season, you um, are ranked on two different metrics. One is your total lineup points over that six game week season, and the other is your what, they, what is known as your ELO progress, like how much ELO you have gained or lost over that season. Now, the optimal is obviously like winning all six games, and so you should have an ELO gain of like six times 40, 240, thereabouts, plus or minus a few. Um, and then overall, like your total lineup points, so like over those six game weeks, whatever your total scores have been from your lineup, um, you're ranked on on that as well. So like right now, looking at um, the beginner division limited, um, so the bottom one, and the, looking at the rewards, we've got uh, Bullen Anguero up top because for ELO progress, he is second. Second highest on 159 ELO gained. So that's like four wins that won't have updated for game week f- uh, five or six yet, I think. Um, and then he's third on lineup points. So they then take the average rank of those. So like second plus third is two plus three is five. Five divided by two, 2.5. And so obviously no one has a higher, uh, no one has a lower um, and combine average than that so he's winning a tier 2 all-star limited card for being kind of the best of the worst at the moment the division that really intrigues me though is amateur division which is the silver one um, and so in order to go into that division you have to have done your six placings and have an elo between 1399 so 99 more than you start with and uh, 1100 so that's 200 less than you start with. Now, what I've been doing, and I don't know whether it's like a bit unethical, <laughs> but uh, what I've been doing is intentionally losing games in order to fall toward the bottom end of that range because that way when it comes to the the season that I'm going to like really take seriously, which probably won't be until like season six, because I'll be able to play all six games in season six. Um, then you know, if you're near the bottom, your chance each week of going up against someone that's 
you know, also towards the bottom, um, is much higher than like facing someone that's towards the top end of, of that league. Um, so it gives you a, you know, a better chance at winning a reward. Um, and the rewards are pretty good in that league. Like the top six are winning star uh, limiteds. I mean, first and second winning like um, a star champion Europe. So, I mean, that's, you know, like it could be Kimmich, it could be Mbappe. I'm pretty sure um, that someone took away Mbappe um, from like one of the previous seasons. I remember seeing it on Twitter. Um, you got tier ones down to 15th, tier twos down to 38th, and tier threes down to, I don't know, 100th or something, 99th. Um, so I think, you know, it's just another another area to add to um, you know your rewards that you're getting out of Surreal basically make use of those of those cards um, similar in like semi-pro which is you know for the next sort of elo bracket up I mean you're getting a lot of you know there's nine star limiteds in there you've got a number of tier ones and tier twos um, so yeah I just I think a lot of people just don't understand how, how it works um, if you like, because you're part way through your placing games as well, AJ. Eh, mm, yeah, so I've, I'm looking at my Elo Joel. My Elo's 1,220, so I don't know if that's normal or weird or if that's different to yours. That's um, where mine is. Okay, well, you would have only, I think, only played two and you lost both. Yeah. Yeah, because I won one, lost three, so I would have gained 40 by winning the first one and then losing the next three, lost 120, so net. Minus eighty means we're both on on one two twenty, but you've still got a few games to play. So the thing is, if you lose all six and you don't get lucky in that, like losing a game, you only lose like thirty nine instead of forty. Like if you lose all four, you'll drop. You'll be on one thousand one hundred um, elo, which actually that would be ideal because it still places you in the amateur division but if you like lose one more than that you'll go into the um beginner division at the end of the your six games played which is kind of interesting um but yeah regardless like the the most the the best way to be able to win rewards is to get the most points across the six game weeks in a season um and then you're likely to to win some rewards but anyway I'm going to continue with my strategy of uh, of, of tanking um, so after the next two I will go into uh, the amateur division and then I'll probably just not compete for the next few games because I'll only be able to get like four of the of the six games in and that's just not going to be enough to, to win anything um, so that's going to be annoying you have to wait because it's only like on the weekend game weeks that, that, the, that they run so I'm going to have to wait a couple of months but anyway a bit of extra fun um, the oh the team I'm running for for this game week Jack I'll get you to um, critique my team for for this, um, for the for the world league. 
Okay, sweet man. Uh, let's see. It is as follows. So I'm going to talk about them shortly, but um, I've got a spine of um, Gaziantep from Turkey. Picked up the keeper, um, Gunay Guvenk, Guvenc. I've got um, Ertegrul Ersoy and um, Papi Jilabodji, the legend. Um, and then I've got Iwanami from Urawa as another defender. Um, like that fixture away to Jubilo, he tends to get pretty good AA, good consistent scorer. Uh, and and I've got Jeziel from Kawasaki in there. He might be out injured, but the you know the thing with this is having those subs. You're really able to you know put in sort of like a, a bit of a risky pick, and probably still get bailed out. Uh, and then in midfield, I've got Alexandru Maxim, also from Gaziantep. Uh, I've got Ianaga from Kawasaki. I like their game at home to Kyoto Sanga. And I've also got Ifakan Karaka from Elaniaspor. He, he got two assists in the last game. Went off with a niggle, so it's it's unsure whether he's whether he's out or not. Um, so again, just like looking to make use of the bench. And then... I've got uh, Alba and Nakagawa from Yokohama, like that home game against Shonen. I've picked Nakagawa's captain, although that may change. Um, and then I've got Mame Tiam from Kaiserispor, who I picked up like end of last season. He had a good first game, but also picked up a knock, um, but is um, more expected to start. Uh, so anyway, then my bench consists of Gerso up front. Chul Young Jun from Jeju as well, and Kim Young Gon. Um, is I think you know it's pretty pretty likely they'll start. And then uh, the backup keeper, I will be using Nishikawa from uh, Uroa. Any 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 thoughts? No, nah, it's pretty solid, bro. It's pretty pretty standard too. I would have thought from you. To be fair, I don't know a whole lot about like those uh, challenger players, but yeah. I mean, you know, those Asia dudes are uh, studs. That's, that's how I define them, so... I mean, of, of my starting 11, six are from the Turkish League, which is probably not what I would have expected out of myself, to be honest. Playing a risky game, bro, I reckon. Because I, I, I'm, I'm definitely, like, stick to what I know. Like, I don't even have a challenger team at the moment. Eh? I'm just... I don't know. I, I like my Asian boys, eh? Just going to stick to what I know. That's fair enough. Um, alright into data time so um, I was just looking through underdog jack and like the scores required uh, more limited side of things and it was just bemoaning really how difficult it's gotten um, to actually win rewards out of underdog um, I mean in order to win a star out of underdog in the last game week you needed 402.45 points with only four players dude it's so ridiculous that is um, honestly nuts mate last... when you got your podium bro like people yeah. didn't even know how to spell underdog now they're getting 400 <laughs> points now they're getting 400 points with four yep. players mate you got i'm pretty sure you got podium with like 350 points and you were just the luckiest son of a gun ever man like i couldn't believe it oh my yeah, gosh well, I mean... that's honestly unreal well, last weekend, 350 was enough for a star. Um, so oh, really? Still, oh, okay. Yeah, midweek was I mean, really, really hard. 
Yeah. Um, but I mean, midweeks can be hit or miss. They can either be really easy or really tough. They they tend to kind of go one 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 way or other. Um, last weekend you needed. Uh, well, actually, that is harder because you don't have a keeper to to contribute points as well. So, or you don't have a fifth player to contribute points. Exactly. So it's, it's definitely gone harder. Um, much much harder. Uh, which is why my wisdom for last week, Jack was do you remember mate i've got the memory of a goldfish eh? <laughs> don't don't recall maybe once you say it i'll i'll, I'll remember that was always try uh new game modes that sorry put out oh yeah yeah gotcha um but yeah i mean you last weekend you needed 268.5 points with four players to, to get at least even a tier three <laughs> um which in my mind is about as hard as getting a tier three out of all star limited um tier two 290 points tier one you needed 315.55 yeah and star 350 points with with four players and so you know this weekend we get you know, it's bumped up again to 900 rewards what do you do it's it's not really going to make a huge difference because the gap between like 750th and 900 in the rankings last weekend was not massive and we've got already like more than 2,000 more people entered this game week than there was last weekend so you're going to be needing like 270 at least to get even just a tier 3 with only 4 players um, so I think you know, really my strategy on Undark has changed a bit and I think you just have to go for like you have to captain the guy that can hit a hundred because the only way you're actually going to get like a top tier reward is if you have a captain who hits a hundred. I agree with you, bro. Yeah, hundred percent. It's all about that captain, really. To be honest, like you got to hit the home run with the captain. Yeah. Um. So. You know, with with that in mind, I think probably what will occur out of my underdog results will be it will be much more varied. Like some game weeks where it you know, will be great and some will be terrible. Whereas I think previously maybe I just played it a bit too safe too often, like in, you know, picking guys that I think will score all right, but not those sort of guys that I think like really have that potential to hit big scores, um, which I think is just... like if, if your guy can't score 100, he's not worth an underdog captain. Get a, get a different player. That's, that's my view. Just you, get a Kim Young bin. That's probably the, the way mate, to play it, to be honest. Not good enough. Not he's just not good enough. When has he scored a hundred? He's hundred capable, bro. Have you not seen him come up on corners and stuff? He's decisive capable. He'll get a goal line clearance or two. Um <laughs> he'll he'll get a double right? he'll get a double double. Like oh mate, don't you worry. The Harry Maguire of the K League will come through, man. <laughs> so on, his, who, on his day. Is, is he in your underdog team this week? Yeah, mate, and this is going to be the week I get 402 points to get my first star in underdog. <laughs> what's your What's your underdog team this week? Uh, Kim Young Bin, Ma Sang Hoon. Uh, also, nah, I'm just playing. I don't know. I, uh, my underdog team. Let me actually just pull up. Hold on. That's uh, why you're doing that. I noticed. So rare. They have reduced the number of stars that they're giving away midweek. Number of like in underdog. They've they've like heavily. Um, reduced so like there's only i think when there's 200 rewards there's only like two stars now that they're giving away um 
whereas like the ratio is much better in the weekends so it was quite interesting mm. um so my underdog team joel is uh mm-hmm. morris Sheger. i don't know how on earth he's underdog capable now he's got an alpha team of 49 apparently i've got mm-hmm. amano because of and i think i'm going to cap uh, amano because yeah. oh, he's we're, we're running we're going to run like a similar lineup <laughs> I mean, if he's starting, then, yeah. you know, he's 100k. I've got Lars Veldbike. Yeah. Uh, he's got an L15 of 50 on the dot, so he's like a very premium Ford. And I've got mm. Messias, who plays for Sierra, and he's playing against Ford Laser, and I've got a lot of Ford Laser boys, so I kind of wanted to um, kind of diversify my risk. So, like, if Sierra keep a clean sheet, then my, you know, Ford Laser performance is not in vain. But I think, according to Sobre Brazil, he is not going to start. Because I think they they played um, midweek in the Suda Americana, which isn't covered by so rare. Uh, so I'm not sure if he's going to start and play. So I might need to swap him for maybe like uh, Lee Yong, maybe something like that. He's probably capable of a hundred score, to be honest. Hmm. Uh, maybe even Moises might just mm-hmm. do that. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure about Lee Yong. Um... I think he quite possibly gets a rest because he played midweek. Um, Could but, go Harrison Delbridge because John Buck actually played midweek as well. He's got an L15 yeah, of 50. Yeah, and he's playing at home. I might actually do that. That's actually a very solid underdog team. Yeah, I mean, he's... Veldbike, he's Amano, Delbridge, and Murashiga for yeah, an my, underdog. Mine's currently uh, a little... I mean, the only commonality is that I've got June Amano as my captain um but similar in the, in the sort of asia themes i've got nakagawa from yokohama in there because i just he's he's a lock to start based on their rotation pattern um where he didn't play in either of the midweek games the last two midweeks and then last weekend he played most of the game and, and scored a goal it looked great by the way um and i think he, he starts again and i've got huang siok ho from Sagan Tosu. Um, he's certainly capable of like a really high score. He scored 70, uh, 78, 49, 71 in his last three. So he's, he's right on the cusp. He's on 50. They're at home to Nagoya. Nagoya have not been great away. Uh, and at the moment, I'm plugging for that Ogus guy, you know, from Konyaspor, um, mm. the fullback. Um, they had a shocking midweek game just like this it was this morning they got knocked out by Vadus who I think is like, I can't even remember what country Vadus is I think it's, it's like Lithuania or something some like really small European country um, in the last season they had not conceded more than two goals at home at all and only conceded two goals at home like twice and yet they conceded four <laughs> to this really lowly team so if anyone makes way it'll be him um I am tempted to also use Valvike, um or even Modashiga, but we'll see. So, mate, um, I've just Googled Vadus. So yes. you think Lithuania? Was it Lithuania? No. Mate, it's even, it's even worse. It's even worse. Is it Liechtenstein? It is Liechtenstein. Yeah. I can't believe it, bro. Liechtenstein, that... Oh, bro, I'm not going anywhere near Konya Sport players, bro. That is absolutely embarrassing. Yeah, so... Oh, FC Vadus plays in the Swiss Challenge League. Is that is that like that's the league? Must be the league. It's like Swiss, the second league, I think. Must be, yeah. 
Wow, that's hilarious. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he was on the bench for that game and came on. Um, but yeah, bizarre, because they haven't really lost anyone. Um, and they had a decent enough first game in the league. I think it was a nil draw um, in, the, in the Turkish league. Anyway, so yeah, we'll see. Maybe I'll just put him on the sidelines and and just just wait and see. Um, but Saxe here is actually a tough opponent. So yeah, I think maybe I'll make a change there. Um, Jack, on the underdog side of things, do you think that an L15 and 50 is too high? Uh, possibly, yeah. Maybe it would be better to do like maybe 45, maybe. Was that what it was previously or was it? I think it well, was they tried 45 40 and stage. 45. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's too difficult to win a reward in underdog, to be honest. Like, I, I, I compared to what it previously was, but I don't know. Like, I haven't really thoroughly thought about it, but maybe now that you say it, I'm thinking maybe I would probably prefer 45 just because it would reduce the competition uh, and maybe require more like skill, to be honest. Because, mm. you know, like if you're looking at the team that I put together, right? Like these are very capable players like Morishiga, Delbridge, Amano and Lars Valbike. But I suppose they're not very expensive. Like for me to put together this team, it's costing me probably like $40 if that. And I, I could theoretically win a reward that's like 10 times the value of my team. So... I, it's a it's a weird one uh i don't know what are your thoughts on it Joel? yeah i mean i think it's um i think it's too high a score of 50 because i i think the reason for introducing it was to try and like provide a pathway right for those people kind of starting out and the scores that like are being reached that's and the types of players you're needing to pick up like you're needing actually players that are pretty like pretty decent, pretty valuable, I think, in order to actually have a shot um, of of getting a decent score. And I ran the numbers through Serie Data, like literally 80% of all cards are usable in Underdog. That that kind of just that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I know that like you know a lot of those are like reserve players who you're just never going to use because they're not going to play. And there's probably a good chunk that are like that, but you know, it still just to me it seems like way too many cards that are still usable. Like it doesn't really differentiate it enough from other other um, competition types, I don't think. And so I ran the numbers on if you dropped it to forty five, like for this game week, that would be like sixty two percent of all cards, which I think is a bit better. Um, forty would drop it to like forty six percent, which when you take away like all of the the you know card guys that pretty much just sit on the bench or aren't going to play, that might be a bit too hard. Maybe forty five is a sweet spot. But um, I think the the reason we're sitting at fifty as well is because, and and you might recall it, Jack. Like it was really hard to get like a goalkeeper, you know, when you had you know fifteen of like forty. <laughs> you know, there were very few goalkeepers that were sitting in that bracket that were actually like gonna play. Um, even even forty five was kind of tough. But now that we've got you know no goalkeeper required. Um, and let's be honest, like how many people are entering underdog with like a limited goalkeeper and a blank space, you know, somewhere else on the team? I don't think there's many people doing that. Um, so I think they could drop it to 45, allow you to use like whatever goalkeeper or whatever extra common card in there because the card's not scoring anything. Um, maybe it's just too difficult to code it that way. I don't know. But I think to really, truly differentiate it, 
I think they should drop it to 45. And I think they should do the same for Rhea. Hmm. Um, I... Well, we'll do it, we'll do it quickly, because I'm mindful how long we've already been going for, but I wanted to go through... Because, you know, Jack, we've previously talked about um, some of the sheets, data sheets that I've put together using um, past data and recent data to uh, predict goals for and against in different leagues. Um, I did a lot of work putting together Turkish League, Austrian League, and uh, Scottish Premier League sheets, painstakingly manually entering in blimmin' fixtures because I couldn't find a source where you could easily copy them in a format that worked pasting into a spreadsheet. Um, Google doesn't actually allow you to copy for some reason. You just can't even copy. You can't highlight it. Um, maybe it's just me. Anyway, um, and so anyway, yeah, it's it's there's some predicted goals for and against um, adjusted by form and using last season's actual results as like a base to go off. Um, and so from that, um, we get the, and maybe we'll make this a weekly thing, but Joel's uh, highest clean sheet odds from these different leagues. So um, without looking at it, I don't know if you've looked already, Jack, but um, the clean sheet odds, do you know in the J-League who is most likely to keep a clean sheet this week? Uh, probably Kawasaki. No, surprisingly. They're actually expected to concede 1.1 goals. Still pretty low, I would, mm. I would say. But, um, no, who is it? Urawa, maybe? Y- Yokohama. At home okay. to Shonen. Shonen have quite a poor um, goal-scoring record. They've got a decent defensive record recently, but Shonen have in their last five games scored three goals uh, make that four in their last seven um, they're not a big goal scoring side and defensively at home Yokohama's pretty good um, so they're my top top pick in Japan um, it's pretty tight for second best um, the based on form Sagan at home to Nagoya is second best, but pretty close with the Jubilo Urawa game, which could well end up as a nil draw. Um, both of them on like point, I've got them about 0.74, pretty much both um, expected goals. So um, both look like a, a shout. I wouldn't be picking any Urawa attacking players, Jack. I don't know if you'd plan on that, but defence and, and keeper looks a solid shout. Um, what about this uh, Linson guy? He plays for Udawa, right? He's going to be playing. He transferred from White Bear Divisi, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing that the starter can't pick up. It can't pick up those, you know, individual players being out or, or being in. So, yeah, who knows? Um, he, he could well play well. Udawa's, I've watched a bit of them away from home this year, and they, they're just frustrating to watch, really. <laughs> Especially owning Junker, Junker, um, just seeing like the lack of service he gets. Um, I mean, a lot of his chances are like shots from outside the box because just some just some absolutely rubbish crosses. 
um, on a number of occasions. Um, and I don't know that he fits their mould of like really a lot of playing the ball on the ground. Um, anyway, those are the two best for clean sheets in Japan. Um, goals for in Japan, like who, who do you... Uh, Probably Yokohama, right? They're going to be thrashing Shonen, surely. Well, they're up there. I have them up there. I have them as the third highest, but not the top two because Shonen actually defensively have been pretty good recently. Mm. I do recall you saying something about like Shimizu and Gamba, mm-hmm. but maybe maybe one of them. Like... Yeah, Shimizu, man. Um, I mean, just look at Shimizu's recent form, like, They've scored in every one of their last, what's that, seven games, um, eight games, and they've scored three goals in three of them, two goals in two of them. So in five of their last eight games, they've scored two goals or more. Um, They are the most improved team offensively in the league by quite a huge margin. Um, Like, based on the up to that game each game week based on their form in the season you know across the season um, but then comparing that with what they actually achieved in each each game they've been well outperforming um, their expected goals for the last three games last five games and last seven games they're like the best in the league um, in terms of like that change in, in form Um Whereas Gamble, on the other hand, defensively, uh, have been pretty poor. They are, over the last five, like near the bottom for for changing goals against. I don't think they've kept a clean sheet in, since game week 283 they kept one, and then outside of that, going back to game week 280, they haven't had a clean sheet. So, yeah, Shimizu is my pick. I've... Got a, the model says an XG of 2.6 for Shimizu. Um, second best being Kawasaki, yeah, home to Kyoto Sanga. So um, I did actually pick up Tiago Santana from Shimizu. Okay. Because I think, yeah, he's um, been doing pretty well recently. Yeah, he's in form. As long as he's not sick or injured, he's 100% going to start. And it should be a good matchup. Um and then uh, I'll just rattle through the other ones quickly. So like in Korea, uh, I've got John Book is top with an XG of against of 0.62, away to Incheon. I've actually got Gangwon as second best, would you believe it, for clean sheet with a 0.72 XG against against Suwon. Mate, I told home. you Kim Young-bin's getting 100 this week, man. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you realize, Jack, but in 12 games this season away do you want to guess how many goals Suwon has scored? This is the Kim one. This is a team that's like been banging goals. Uh, seven, nine. So close. Mm. Nine goals in twelve games away from home. Yet they've got like thirty-one and fourteen at home. Sheesh. I mean that is, you know, the epitome of like a, a home team. Um, but they have already played Gangwon away from home this season and did beat them 2-0 like right near the start of the season so who knows um other clean sheets in Austria Red Bull Salzburg should be no surprises there um expecting uh, XG against of 0.44 and second best I have Hartberg 
um, who I have the keeper for and defender of. You can pick up Son Leitner pretty cheaply. He's like 36 um, years old, and I think he's like maybe 20 bips or something. Uh, 0.88 XG against, away to Lustenau. In Turkey, pretty close. Um, I have Trabzonspor uh, and Gaziantep as the two most likely to keep a clean sheet, both at home, uh, which is why I have... Um, Jilabodji. I actually thought of a really great um, song for Jilabodji, Jack. Oh, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's it's also, uh, like, aligns with Sarah really well. So uh, I'm not going to sing it um, because it's a bit hard to sing and, and you understand what I mean when I when I, when I I give you a bit of a quote. But um, I think that people are going to realise how good Jilabodji is at home. Uh, he's actually got a elf in it. Well, a last one year at home of like 60 um, which is a sublime score for someone that's like only about 45 bips um, and it's that uh, Jillabodgies hit the floor <laughs> to the tune of drowning pools bodies hit the floor <laughs> oh my god <laughs> uh, because I think he's probably hit the floor <laughs> in terms of his price <laughs> I was thinking about that yesterday and cracking myself up over it I'm sure oh listeners God, would love but... love for me to sing it, but I'm not going to. Um, but anyway, yeah, so him, the keeper, and the other centre-back, whose name escapes me, uh, look it up in Serodata. I think all three of them, great combo. Uh, and I'm I'm backing them, uh, along with Maxime in midfield. That's that's my all-star team there. Those four plus Santana from Shimizu. Um In Scottish League, uh, I have... Rangers and Hearts is the two most likely to keep a clean sheet. Um, did you see Dundee's um, embarrassing 7-0 drubbing this morning? No. <laughs> they, oh, they, no. they lost oh, 7-0 no. to Alkmaar in the like was it Europa League qualifier. Um, and so Hearts play against Dundee at home. I think Dundee's going to be absolutely demoralised from that game. So I think Hearts is a pretty good shot for defenders. Um, on the goals in front, we covered Japan and Korea. I'm backing Ulsan as the most uh, likely to score the most goals. Got next year about two, two. Well, yeah, two there. <laughs> two point oh one to be precise. I can spit it out <laughs> at home to Daegu. Uh, I've got Pohang second best with a one point six eight uh, versus Jeju away. And Austria, no surprises again. Salzburg. Right at the top there, uh, 3.3 XG expected against Wolfsburg, who just considered five last week. Uh, Austria VN, an XG of 2.3 at home to Tyrol. In Turkey, uh, Fenerbahce, uh, an XG of 2.65 at home to Kasimpasa, who were rubbish and considered four last weekend. Um, I was t- talking to you, Jack, before we started the stream. Uh, expected uh, this, the model is prone to um, the, the adjusted XG that I'm also calculating is prone to some really real hot takes based on uh, if there's a small amount of data. And because the Turkish leagues only have one game week, uh, it reckons that Fenerbahce is going to score six goals past um, Kasim Fasa. So, and that Kasim Fasa is going to score three because Fenerbahce conceded three last weekend. Um, so 6-3 you heard it here first 
Um, and then I've got Gaziantep as actually the second most likely in Turkey. So the whole Gaziantep team looks pretty good to me, but I couldn't find... I think the forward starting for them doesn't have any cards on Surrey, which is a bummer. Uh, and then in the Scottish League, I've got Aberdeen and Celtic as the two most likely two high scorers. So there's, there's a bit of a data dump for you. Any thoughts on some of that, Jack, before we finish off with just like basically our most hopeful lineup for the weekend? No, I think you kind of got went over everything, bro. I don't really have anything else to comment there, to be honest. I'll be interested to see how much of it is accurate, especially the clean yeah. sheet and goal scoring. Um, I mean, I'm not expecting all of them will be right because, of course, that's just the very nature of you know XG and XG against. Um, but if like half of the 10 that uh, that I've picked, then I think that would be, even actually four, would be about what's expected. Anyway, um, Jack, probably my, uh, I actually named the team, but the team I'm most hopeful for is my All-Star Limited. Um, back in my boys from Gaziantep, picked up Alexandru Maxime. The guy is a beast uh, at home, along with the defenders. And Tiago Santana from Shimizu up front. Um, I'm going to hit a podium with it. I'm calling it here. <laughs> um, how about yourself? What, what team are you most hopeful for? Uh, well, I picked up So Young Wu, right? But I, I'm really? trying to determine what team from to put him in. Yeah, from Olsan. Yeah, wow. I want to like get like a large consistency of Olsan players because, I mean, like they're literally the best team in Korea, right? And I'm thinking like maybe I pick like up. Uh, Junamano rare, uh, and like have like Kaiserschwili in one lineup and Junamano in another, just because like they have that likelihood of hitting the high scores. And then I think Seoul Young Woo is like the best under twenty three player in Asia, like right. So, I mean, well, he's up up there anyway. Maybe like yeah, along with like maybe is it Yang Yang Hyun Jun, who's the Gangwon guy. It's been yeah, on fire. I mean like yeah. the, I mean that dude is like forty dollars anyway, uh, and also uh, Onbon Sang might be up there too. So maybe I I try get him as well. Um, but like, I just feel like, yeah, that's, that's a good play right now. Like I was talking to you off camera, just like about these Asia prices, Joel, and it's just kind of hard to mm-hmm. like, you, you know, we've been playing for so, so long, like so young woo, when we first got started, you know, this guy was like $500, you know, now he's like 75. Right. And yeah. he's had a couple of bad scores recently. And, um, I'm just like, it's opportunity central, right? Like I just mm. rate this dude and like with the new matrix and stuff, like, I think he's, just going to do even better than it was before and everything. So I was like, you know, let's do it. And I've got Joe Hyun Woo and Kim Young Gwon anyway. So I'm thinking my all-star might have like Joe Hyun Woo, Kim Young Gwon, So Young Woo. So I have like an all-star defensive stack, hopefully. Nice. They keep a clean sheet. And then maybe I have like Kaisash Vili because he's been doing Mm -hmm. pretty well recently. But then I don't have a forward. Like I kind of want to get Leonardo for all-san. But he's... For all-san. Yeah, but... The thing with Leonardo, he's a bit overpriced considering his scores. Like, so I'm thinking maybe like I get like a Tiago Santana or like a maybe even a Joju Sung or I, don't I reckon know these, Santana like, would be a good shot. But I think Santana's a bit overpriced in my opinion. Like, I know you said that he's you know the main starter, but you know Shimizu have a lot of attacking players now. Like they have Pikachu, Yuta Suzuki is maybe coming back. Yeah, Pikachu um, starts going though. He's like right wing, and then Inui's on the left. Mm, I, like left true, now. but. Yeah, well, I mean, they're attacking players anyway. And also, um, they've signed this dude from Rapid Veen. I don't know if you've realized yeah. that. He started Kami, last week. Kami Juma? 
He's he's been it's been him versus uh, Carlinhos. Yeah, and then you've got Carlinhos as well, right? Like, like you've got him. And he, I think, he's definitely like, blow Tiago on the totem pole, though. I mean, Shimizu, yeah. like they can't afford to lose. They they need like they're in that relegation fight, hundred percent. Like unless he's injured or sick, Tiago Santana, mate, he, he's starting. Tell, telling you now, Matsuyama's mm-hmm. confident too. He's got him as a ninety percent, I think. Yeah, I mean, he, he he should start. Yes, like don't get me wrong, but I just feel like, you know, maybe for his price, I'm a bit suspicious. I don't know. I have like this ick about him, bro. I don't know what it is, but maybe maybe you're right. Maybe uh, he'll score like a hundred, and I'll be like, oh my gosh, Joel Joel told me so. Joel told me so. <laughs> I'd love one. it if he scored a hundred. I'm, I'm I'll, I'll take a single to size like seventy a seventy score. I'll take it. Yeah, but like Leonardo, like his scores are. I think he has probably more potential than Santana. Like, if you could start either Leonardo or Santana, you'd probably say Le- Leonardo, but he's double the price. And also, like... Uh, Not based on my XG, man. <laughs> 2.01 for Ulsan, 2.61 for Mishimitsu. That's what I'm... That's what my numbers say. Mm, I don't know. We'll we'll see about that. I don't know. I don't I don't really rate Shimitsu all that much, even though I do have quite a few of their players. Oh, defensively, uh, they're terrible. And, like, yeah. central midfield pretty average but they're banging the goals in and you can't deny it just look over the scores that they are banging the goals in they're one of the most mm. goal scoring form teams in, in the J League it's the only reason that they have a shot of surviving is that they outscore they're, they're kind of becoming the Suwon of the, the J League but they actually score goals away from home unlike Suwon I mean they scored two past who did they play last week was it Tokyo beaten mm. 2-0 I mean, that's a good and result they- they do have some pretty favorable fixtures like coming up too. Like they don't have like one of the big teams coming up. Like they've got Gamba, Kashiwa, Raysol, who is I suppose a big team, but they are playing them at home. And Kashiwa, Raysol probably aren't as like um, maybe probably as good as like Kawasaki or Yokohama, I would say on paper, but they've just been doing really well. I guess San Fretch has also been doing well too. They've got them soon too, but mm. I see what you mean. And he is on form. Santana played every game. Yeah, I suppose I'll have to look into it a bit more thoroughly. Otherwise, but, yeah, the, some of the Kawasaki lads, I think, are an option. I also think maybe Elba is a good shout. Oh, totally. Like, yep. Yeah, like Elba, I'd probably pick Elba over Santana if I was going to pick up a player. But also Elba's price has kind of gone up too it's, somewhat. It's because everyone knows, realize, has realized with the current rotation pattern for Yokohama. It's like one team for the midweek and then a different team for the, for the weekend, so... Eduardo, I was going to buy him. His price shot up because people know he's going to start. Unlikely to concede. Um, and then, yeah, Elba will be starting. Nakagawa will be starting. Probably Marcos Jr. He got subbed at halftime. Um, although I did notice Yokohama just signed another forward, I think, to replace one of those who picked up an injury or to fill in for them. Um, a guy from Brazil. Another Mateus. <laughs> I don't know if he's as good as Mateus from Nagoya. That guy's a beast. Um, but yeah, Marcos Jr. only played half of the game midweek, so I'm pretty sure he starts. Um, and then it will probably be old spitty boy Anderson Lopez up top. Um, yeah. Which is a travesty, because he's just not good enough, in my view. I feel like Gerso is a pretty good shout, too. He's got mm. three consecutive home games coming up, and he's like $28 compared to Santana, who's like... $37. Well, 
one's in my Azure team, one's in my All-Star team, that's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got some tough decisions to make. Tough decisions. All right, well, that was hardly a condensed podcast compared to compared to the last couple of weeks. Lots in that one. Um, so I think we've probably end it there. Plenty to digest for those of you who have managed to stay on this long. Um, lots of data. You probably need to go back and read through it, and I'll probably have forgotten half of what I said next week. But um, that is us for episode 19 of So Grind. Later. Thank you.